they'll give them a, a quick court date because all they have to do is go to court and do the fin final uh, judge sign off on it. But everything's finalized and signed and uh, what a blessing. Amen. And uh, so just to see God's love work and redeem. Amen. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. And uh, so proud of Sean and Dana and their love and uh, and their heart for uh, little baby Grace. Praise the Lord. And even how all that works out. And uh, I remember them sharing their testimony about looking at things. And, and uh, they were believing for a little girl. And what they wanted to adopt was uh, a little older toddler than that. Because when you're their age, you don't really want to have a newborn at that time and stuff. But uh, God knew exactly, amen, what to do. It, it really has been the whole testimony when it's all done. We'll let them just give a whole service of the testimony of it. But it is a, literally a miracle, amen. And uh, so we're excited for it. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning we're going to uh, uh, continue our message on living a life of significance. And probably uh, it's been quite a while since a message has been ringing in my spirit as much as this one has. And uh, even to the point of, of uh, how to bring it um, to us in that. And the more I just keep meditating on it, the more it just keeps growing. And I love when, when God do, does that. It's not that... We're going to share anything new, but hopefully we can open something up that brings a, a, a fresh clarity of understanding really how God works in our life and really how important and really how significant every one of our lives is. Uh, in America, we, ju we just have kind of a weird culture in America um, that unless you're the cutest, unless you're the smartest, unless you're the richest, unless you're, you know, all of the supposedly important things, you're really not that significant. You know, but that's not true. God, and, and I always think about that. J just uh, how many know that every part, every aspect of your body has significant importance? And uh, if you go to the doctor and they start telling you, hey, uh, you know, you have parts you really don't need. Well, if I don't need them, why are they in there? You know, if they if they really don't have purpose, then when God created man and he designed that, that's like going to the jeweler and your jeweler look at your watch and he says, hey, you know what? There's parts in your watch you really don't need. Well, if you take them out, will it still keep time? Well, yeah, not, not as good as it used to, but it'll still run. Well, then the parts you're taking out, they're significant parts. Amen. And so when it comes to us as individuals, every one of us is a member. The moment you are saved, just as sure as every member uh, of your body has a significant purpose. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that the moment you accept Christ as your Savior, you are baptized into the body and you are made a functioning member of the body of Christ. So Paul uses the analogy of a body so we can understand. He talked about eyes. He talked about ear. He talked about the, the, the other attributes of the body, hands in different time that make that analogy. So we, we can comprehend how this correlation works with our lives in Christ. Amen? And so with that, it's important to understand. But last week, as we shared uh, uh, about the man at the tombs of Gadara and Jesus coming to him and setting him free, casting the devil out of him, causing him to be in his right mind, being closed, sitting in his right mind, and then him wanting to be with Jesus. But Jesus said, no, this is what I need you to do. You have great significance in my purpose. So I want you to go tell everybody what great things God has done for you. And so he didn't have any, any uh, uh, 
official training. He didn't, wasn't sent. He wasn't told to go study. He wasn't told to go memorize a thousand verses. He wasn't told to have the answer for every question that anybody would ask him about God. What if somebody asked me a question and I can't answer? Jesus didn't tell him to answer questions, didn't tell him to debate. He just said, hey, just go tell people. <laughs> Excuse me. Just go tell people what great things God has done for you. And it's amazing that when that happens, when we just begin to talk about the greatness of God and what he does in our life, it's amazing how that impacts others. Yesterday, I was getting my mom's car smogged, and this little girl, and I was intrigued by it. So this little girl runs this little, she has her own smog shop down by the purple place and uh, right, right next to it. And so I said, how did you become the, the smog girl? And she started telling me a story, but she had believe on her arm in that. I said, that's, I said, what does your belief tattoo mean? Oh, believe in yourself, do that. I said, that's awesome. I said, you know what's even better is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. That's good, too. I said, yes, it is. Amen. <laughs> But it, uh, but see, sometimes, sometimes, yeah, and, and just in that, and, and we think, oh, it takes so much to witness to somebody. But I'm telling you, if you're looking for an opportunity, there's an open door when you can just tell somebody about the Lord. Amen. And, and just taking that opportunity and just sowing that seed. Sometimes God will use you in a, in a plan of significance to sit down and literally lead somebody to the Lord. Other time, he just needs you to sow that seed. Just tell them that God is good. Tell them that it's important to believe on him. Amen? So look at the cover of your outline this morning as we get into this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all what? generations forever and ever so as long as there is a generation there's supposed to be people who are filled with the power of God who are bringing glory to God in the earth amen that's the will of God Paul says that forever and ever amen come on make this confession with me this morning father I thank you that it is your determined purpose for everyone to live a life of significance that you might manifest your fullness through our lives from eternity into time, making yourself known. Today I choose to follow your Holy Spirit so that I might live a life of significance, making an eternal impact in the lives of others according to your eternal purpose and plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to encourage you. I really, as your pastor, I really want you to encourage you, especially in the day and the hour in which we live. How many know with everything going on in the world and the, the terrorist attack and everything that's happening, all the debate, all the viewpoints, all, 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 all the objective, you know, reasoning that you can hear on it. How many know it's just important to be sober, right. to, just to be sober in the Lord and then to think about, wait a minute, we can, it's so easy to get distracted and get caught up in peripherals and miss the fact that this is the greatest moment for the people of God to be living significantly excuse me, significant lives for God. This is a moment that we need to be fulfilling that plan of His power working through us and in the church right now on the earth. Amen? And so it's important that we stay with that. So even this confession, you say that and just it, but take some time. <clears throat> Go back over these notes. Study them. 
meditate on them, and think about what we're going to be sharing with you this morning. Look at the bottom of your outline there. Success is bound in time and is for the most part tied to self. I'm going to illustrate this just in a moment. But when we think about our success, your success, my success, is bound in time. Your success is bound to the span of your lifetime. People say, well, I'm a guy, Donald Trump, I'm a, I'm a very rich man. I'm rich. I'm crazy rich. I'm $8.5 billion. Whoop do you stinking do? <laughs> Amen. That's good. I'm glad you're rich. But that's bound to your time. And the moment you die, that goes to your kid. And Solomon says, whatever you do in your time, Whatever you do in your time, it will go to the next generation, and what you did with it, they probably won't do with it. That's why Solomon said that it's vanity, but we strive so hard to be super successful in our space of time. We find our identity by our success, by what we drive, where we live, what we wear, who we know, yada, yada, yada. Instead of understanding that God didn't just call us to be successful, he called us to be significant. And really, when people get mad at people who preach on prosperity, preach on healing, or preach on the power of God, they missed it. God gave us provision to be significant with our lives, not just to be successful. What we have done is we've Americanized the gospel, and we've used the gospel just to give our little space of time some more success. Doing all right? Instead of living to significance. And significance is always greater than success. Only those things we do through the infusion of eternity into time by the power of the Holy Spirit have eternal value. I'm going to show it to you in a moment. God is trying to infuse eternity into your life. Take part of eternity, who he is, all that he is, and bring it into our life, into this space of time. Man is obsessed with becoming as successful as he can be in his little space of time. While God offers to man the significance and fullness of a life in Christ that follows him into eternity. Your success, my success, you've heard it said, there's no U-Haul following a hearse. Amen. It's kind of like the old joke about the guy. There was a very wealthy man, and he called his lawyer, called his doctor, and called his priest together. And he says, hey, guys, this is what I want. When they've said, when you go, you can't take it with you. I'm giving each of you $200,000, and this is what I want you. There's $200,000 in cash. It's in the envelope. When I die, you're going to come to my grave, and you're going to throw that envelope on my grave just so when they bury me, I'm taking this with me. So the man goes on, he finally dies, the, they're having the funeral, they're standing there at the graveside, there's the priest, there's the lawyer, and there's the doctor, and they're standing there, each of them have their envelopes, they get ready to pour, they do the whole service, they get ready to put the dirt on the man's casket, and they all walk up, throw their envelopes in there, while they're walking away, the priest goes, man, I, I'm super convicted, I can't go any further, I gotta, I gotta confess to you guys. He said, uh, we were in a building program for our orphanage, and uh, you know what, I, I spent $100,000. There was only $100,000 in that offering, I mean in that envelope. And the lawyer's just standing there shaking his head, and the doctor gets <laughs> convicted. He goes, you know what, he says, I, I, I donated $150,000 to the new wing at our hospital. I felt, you know, I just, it was there, and I, because I only had $50,000 in my, in my envelope. The lawyer just still shaking his head. He says, man, I can't believe you guys. He said, I put in a personal check for the whole amount. But anyway, <laughs> I know it's early. You have to think that hard for about a day. Anyway, 
But, and that's the key. But you can't, your success, what is here, you're not going to take that with you. It is staying here. Only what you do in Christ, only what you do by allowing God to work His eternal plan through your life. So let me illustrate it to you more. The symbol for eternity is kind of like this. So if we could draw this out, and we just have because I can't draw a long enough line, so I'm just going to put the symbol of eternity up here. And so we have eternity past, okay, or God is what? The alpha, right? And then we have the eternity future, okay, and God is the what? Omega, the beginning and the end, amen, okay? So let me ask you this, where does God live? Where does God live? God lives in what? This is eternity. And God lives here, okay? Let me ask you this, where was man created? When God created man, huh? Eternity. So man was created here before time with God, amen? And man was with God, walking in the garden in the cool day. They're in fellowship, full fellowship with God. What happened in the garden? Sin came into the garden. What happened when sin came into the garden? There was a separation, but the separation created a parenthetical space called time. Okay? Now, just keep in mind that in the scope of this, that eternity passed, and, 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 and if you look at... Uh, um, science and, and, and all the archaeologists and all the discoveries, what are they finding out? That they're finding out the world is what? And the universe is what? What, what are they? Billions of years old. Okay? So time came in the midst of eternity, time came. Are, are, are you with me here? Okay, I'm going to stretch your brain. It's good we're in church, but going to church doesn't mean you just come and listen to something that doesn't challenge your brain. Okay. And so on this side, we have billions of years, right? In time, we just have thousands, right? So man, somewhere seven, seven to 9,000 years is the history of man, okay, in this little parenthetical space. Now, let me get this straight. Let, let, let's, let's just find you in this perspective. So while you're trying to be successful in your parenthetical space of time, you amount to maybe. <laughs> okay, it's that big just so you can see yourself. Okay, finding you in time to have some kind of significance is just, okay, let's just make a little bitty guy right here. Okay, okay, that's you in time. That's every human being in time. Are you with me? All right, look inside your outline. So God is not in time, is he? Okay, so God is here in eternity. He is an eternal God. He is without time. He is without end. My pastor always taught us that when you see the universe and everything you see, the Bible says in him we live and move and have our being. Everything known and unknown existing in God, not outside of God. Everything you see is in him. It's mind-boggling. And this is what's always interesting. Here's what hurts us when we walk with God in our relationship with God is we kept trying to bring God down this is what man tries to do 
I am going to understand all about God in my little mind, in my little time. And, and we keep shrinking God down into our space of time and in our understanding in that time. And then every time God shows up, we find out that he's bigger than our understanding. Are you doing all right? Okay. So Jesus said it like this. So we have eternity, pastor, and friend. Jesus explained it like this. So that's why I said it. it's in your outline, Matthew 6 there. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Or in other words, live with a mindset outside of time. Jesus says, hey, you're living here, but do something that gets from here into eternity. There's something that you're doing to get you from here and keep this place in time. Because God's will is that man would again walk with him in eternity. That's the call of God. Are you with me? All right. So... Where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So man was not created in time. He was created in eternity with God before time, and his soul is stamped with eternity. Time began with the original sin in the garden. So this man who is in time is still stamped with eternity. His soul is stamped with eternity. Now the choice is the invitation from God is here and the deception of the devil is hell. Either way, man is going to spend eternity someplace. Man is an eternal being. You are an eternal soul. Your soul is going to live forever. That's why if you've ever been with somebody, when they pass away, you are there. Their body is there. The person you've identified with, the vehicle, the vessel that you've identified with as that person is right there before you. And then suddenly something happens and their presence leaves that vehicle. They get out of the car. They leave the vehicle. And, and, and now you just have a vacant shell and people say they have passed away. They are, okay, they're gone. Okay, where did they go? They went back to eternity. The soul of man went back to eternity. Are you with me this morning? Stay, stay with me. In Genesis 3, to 24, it's in there in your outline as well. Then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So man walking with God had an option before him that in eternity past there was this amazing tree called the tree of life. And man could have eaten of that, but in man's rebellion, God said, this is what I have to do. Because he has rebelled and he's eaten of the wrong tree. The one I told him not to eat of, he ate of the wrong tree. This tree is what man chose, not this tree first. How many know that if he would have chosen, if Adam would have chosen this tree first, he never would have desired that tree? And so here, man made the wrong choice, and God says, so I never intended man. Man was never intended to live by the knowledge of good and evil. 
But what happened is, is that the seed of this is now in the heart of man. The seed of this fruit is now in the heart of man. And most every one of us in this room make all of our choices based off the fact whether they are good, how good it is, or how evil it is, not whether or not it's connected to anything that has to do with God's eternal plan. And man is governed by good and evil. And we hear the term all the time, it's not that bad. It was pretty good. Da-da-da-da-da. Are, are you doing all right? And so the devil won his greatest victory by getting this seed. He knew if he could get this seed in there. Now stay with me here. I'm a little bit ahead of myself. But can time contain God? Time can't contain God. How do you get all of eternity into time? You can't. So God made a way for himself to be manifest in time by creating. Man is created to be able to receive. And Paul said the fullness of God. We'll see that in a moment. I have to keep going until we get through this. Watch this. So think about it. And, and that he eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden or out of eternity into time of Eden till, to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed a cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to the garden the way of the to guard the way of the tree to the tree of life at that moment man began to live in time and God set in motion his plan to redeem man back into eternity at that moment of transgression man entered into time and God set in the plan to get him out of time back into eternity that's what redemption is. The, the, the redemption of God is don't get trapped in time if you don't Allow my redemptive plan, you'll be trapped. But your soul is stamped with hell and, and with eternity. And so I'm trying to get you redeemed back into heaven and not hell. Because this transgression stamped judgment on all of humanity. Are we doing all right? Okay. So if we don't think clearly, we'll miss it. At that moment, he began to live in time, and God set that redemptive plan in motion. Every person after Adam has been born in time with the option of determining where they will spend eternity, the eternity that is stamped upon their soul. Just like you, you, we, yeah, Nick shared it last, night, uh, last week in the offering in that. Everybody's going to heaven. The only question is, is how long will they stay there? Because every person is stamped with eternity. The decision that comes about is what we allow to happen during this space of time, during our parenthetical space of time, determines where we spend eternity. So God, what did God do? He placed an other tree of life and time. This is where we come to the gospel. God began to declare the redemptive plan. It says, what I will do, I will have to do some, I have to get another tree in time. And so what he places in time is Calvary. And this becomes the new tree of life. And man is given the option to partake of that tree once again. Amen? For man to, part, to partake of its fruit and be restored to everlasting life or eternal life with him. The cross 
is the tree, and Jesus is the fruit of that tree. Look at John 6, verses 47 through 51 there in your outline. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will what? Live forever. But God said to Adam, we have to get him out of the garden lest he eat of the tree of life and live forever. So God put another tree in time that would be able to redeem man, to deal with the fall and the curse, to remove this off of our life. Are you doing okay? And so the cross became the redemptive tree for all of humanity. Hallelujah. How about you? I'm, I'm just excited about this. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Amen? So think about it. Success is what we gain for ourselves, but significance is the impact of what we have upon others. The gifts and the ministry of the Holy Spirit work in and through our lives so that we can live lives of, of significance, making an eternal impact in the lives of others. Well, God says, you know what? I've created this plan of redemption to get man out of time into eternity, but the only way to do that is that I have to work through him, and then I need him if, if I can get one to tell another one and another one and another one. Then my goal is I will redeem them and I will work through them in this time to redeem. My redemptive plan to redeem man will also work through man to reach all men. Are you doing okay? That's why your life is so significant. That's what I'm trying to get across. God has a plan and every purpose. It doesn't matter. And, and I'm like this. Everybody think, well, you know what? I, I, I may lead one person to the Lord. Who cares? We don't think with an American mindset. Do not discredit your significance with an American mindset. Well, I may never lead 100 people to the Lord. That may not be your calling. Leading one might be it. Leading two. And then one leads to the next one God just wants you to do what he gave you to do that's why I said if the eye should say to the ear well I'm not the eye or I'm not there or I'm not the nose or I'm not that we don't compare we're, we're, it's not a competition it's a fulfillment in America we're competing we're jockeying for position we're climbing the ladder of success so that we can have great success in our time God says, I'm not, get, knock it off. Listen to what Jesus said all the time. And the disciples are walking along. And they, I mean, James and John even get their mama to come. <laughs> mama, go ask Jesus for us to sit on his left hand and on his right hand in, in glory. And the, and the disciples are arguing about who's greater. And Jesus said, knock it off. People and the Gentiles of this world are battling for position and for success and who's the greatest. And they even got caught up in, in John 13. The reason nobody washed anybody's feet is because they were all thinking themselves too important to be the foot washer amongst the brethren. They were too good to serve somebody. So the Lord of glory had to take himself down and humble himself. God had to humble himself. God in man humbled himself to wash the feet of those that he came to give his life to redeem that's how you live a life of significance 
Say, God, if, if all I ever do is take the lowest play to wash the feet of those that God wants to show his love to, then my life had great significance in him. Are you doing all right? So think about it. The only way for eternity to come into time is through one who is in time. All right? So God says this. How do I get myself into time? God, this is, this is awesome. God says the only way eternity that I can come in here is that I so made man, I made man so he could be filled with my spirit. Man's created to be filled with the spirit of God. Now let me ask you this. Can God be reduced in measure? God, God can't take a piece of himself. He has to come in fullness. Well, oh, you guys aren't getting this this morning. Go back to the cover of your outline. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we could ask or, just underline that word, think. You know what limits us when we come to God? Your stinking thinking. Wrong thinking. According to the power that works in us. So where's that power coming? God is bringing power into humanity. Eternity is coming into, into humanity. His power is coming into us. And God just doesn't sin. That's why in John chapter 3, it says that God does not give the Spirit by measure. John chapter 1 verse 16. And of His Fullness we have received. And man can't wrap his mind around. Because eternity can't come into time. But God, so we are so created in his image that all of who he is, all of his power, all of his nature, all of his fullness can abide in one man. That's why God says, what building will you make for me? Seeing how the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. What building will you make that contain me? This building has, has a, a containment capacity. We have a, you know, so many people that you can have in here. And earth has a containment capacity. And God says, there's nothing created that can contain me. But man is created in the image of God. And when I understand that, that as his image, I can contain the fullness of God. So when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, when you're filled and born of the Spirit of God, you're full of the fullness of the life of God. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Yeah. All right. So think about it. And that's why God has always sought for and worked through a man in the earth. Think about it. Just read your Bible. Every time God desired Amos... Three, 
in verse 7. God says, I'll do nothing in the earth unless I first reveal it to my servant, the prophet. God sought for a man. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, that he might find a man on whose behalf he, God, might show himself strong. Glory to God. Woo! I feel like Brother Jess Higginbotham this morning. I might run around this tent, glory to God. Get my Achilles healed in the process. Amen. Watch this. So what happened? So God has always sought for and worked through a man in the earth. Watch this. Okay. Satan is an eternal being. You know, Sue's mom's visiting this weekend, and while I was finishing up my notes, and she had the news on. Well, Fox News this morning had a, had a lady medium come in and give a reading to one of their news guys. So this lady, this demon-possessed lady is sitting there on the couch and talking to this man by a spirit in her through a spirit of divination, a spirit of divination. And this guy's there saying, telling, talking about her children, talking about his children, talking about what he named them, talking about their middle name. And then she said an amazing thing. In the, in the middle of that, I, I, and, and, and I felt the Spirit of God let me in there just to hear that. She said, there are those, and she talked about people who have passed away. And she, and she confirmed what I'm saying this morning. That, that there are those who have passed that are on the other side. They're on the other side. They're out of time. They're not in time with us anymore. They're on the other side. And, and here's the stupidity that she said. She said, there are those that, that, that when you name somebody after somebody who was on the other side, that person has a special dispensation given to them to give favor to the person in time. Well, yeah, it's stupid. But listen to what she said. She's saying by the spirit, because that spirit that's in her, every spirit is an eternal spirit. Demonic spirits or, 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 or demon spirits are or, or, or from people and fallen people. And, and in eternity, Pat, we don't have time to get into all that. But in that, so watch this. Satan, as an eternal being, as a spirit being, eternal being, he cannot come into time unless he comes in through a man. He cannot do it. So God comes into time through a man, and the devil comes into time through a man. The only difference is, is that God in eternity past already sealed his judgment. And what you're reading is, in your Bible, the end of your book, the end of that Bible on your lap, is the eternal judgment. When we get to the end of time... It's when he brings the judgment of eternity past into culmination and you and I are a part of this whole eternal plan we're going to see in just a moment and then man is released from that and Satan is cast into hell for all of eternity so he comes into time knowing his doom already which is why we read last week the man at the tombs of Gadara said have you come to torment us before our appointed time? Are you with me this morning? 
So before our point, are you here to judge? So we know we have an appointed time. It is set. That is going to happen. It was set back here. And so Satan says, I know I'm going, so I'm going to do my best to come into time to get a hold of man to counteract what God is doing. He's made to receive a spirit, and so a spirit I can have influence upon him, then I can work my plan because my goal, God is trying to take as many to heaven as he can, and Satan is out to take as many to hell as he can. But it's a redemptive plan or the destructive plan working in time. So think about it. When we yield our lives to be led by the Spirit, we move into significance. Agreeing with and allowing His eternal plan and purpose for man in time to be accomplished. Let me ask you, why did Jesus have to come as a man? How come God couldn't just come and do something redemptive in there? And see, people mess up all the authority. Look at Everybody talked about sovereignty. You've heard me say it before. In the beginning, when God created man, when God created man, if we take this, actually, I guess I can do this. That if I do this, in the earth, God set man on the earth. And man was on the earth prior to time beginning. But when God set man on the earth, in his sovereignty, he made man the authority in the earth. He said, now you have dominion, you subdue, you replenish. You walk in my authority in the earth. What did Jesus give back to the church? All power and authority is given unto me. Go ye therefore in what? In restored dominion. Is this okay this point? Is this too heavy on a Sunday morning? All right. So what happens? So agreeing with and allowing when we work with the Holy Spirit to move in significance. We're agreeing with and allowing his eternal plan and purpose for man in time to be accomplished. So what happens? God comes into time in manifestation. Or if you would, a portion or all of his fullness comes. And that portion of his fullness in our lives moves us from living just for our success or living of eternal significance, a life of eternal significance in Christ. Now, it, it comes, and, and what I mean by a portion of his fullness, but whatever measure he has ordained, he comes in that fullness of measure to every person. Nobody gets less. Amen? Nobody. Pandora, Tony, Marcia, Russ. Oh, Laura got more than all of you. Sorry. <laughs> you got a smaller measure. And I got ten times more than all of you. Because I'm God's anointed. No, baloney. Baloney. I just have a significance. I have assignment. I have an assignment so that my life will have significance with an eternal impact. You have an assignment from God and you have an anointing from God that gives your life eternal significance. It's not a comparison. It's not a competition. We're doing all right? 
And because man thinks in that term, it's kind of like, well, apostles are the greatest. Well, not necessarily. It's a five-fold ministry gift. And the only way to say thing is in the limited expression of human words. So here's what happened. A.W. Tozer says this. You know what we do? We have words. I, I loved it. He said, God, the God who is bigger than what? Words. And so when Paul says, first a prophet, second, or first apostle, second prophet, God set him in the church. Thirdly, gifts of healing and miracles and different things. And he delineates things down. Well, God sets some things in the church, but God doesn't prefer one above the other. The key is your significance, my significance, anybody else's significance is equal because it's all connected to the eternal plan of God. Glory to God. You should be fired up this morning. Amen. So what happened? God comes in that manifestation. Ephesians 4.11, the five-fold ministry gift. Romans 12.3-8, that God has given to every man the measure of faith. He didn't give a greater measure to anybody else. He gave everybody the measure of faith. He gave everybody, 1 Corinthians 12.7, the manifestation of the Spirit, or that God, by His Spirit, would manifest Himself in the earth, in time, through you. And the devil talks us out of it. Why? Because God calls us not to be successful, but significant. When we focus on significance, success will often show up as a part of the package. Or in other words, God says, when you follow me, I'll make sure you have provision. I'll make sure that you're a blessing. God says, Abraham, come on, I need you to get up and follow me. And if you'll follow me, if you'll live the path of significance that I have for your life, Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I have significance ordained for your life. And if you'll walk out this path, then I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. Amen. You'll be successful. God's promise to Israel and to Joshua that if you follow my word and you walk in my path and you fulfill my purpose and my significance for you, then every place you go, it'll become yours and I'll bless everything you put your hands to do. Are you doing all right? And so I found out that if I just lived to be significant and fulfill God's plan, he'd take care of the rest. So then you don't have to strive for success. You're free from the competition. You're free from the anxiety. Glory to God. All right. Why? Think about it. Success is you winning. Success is you winning. Success is when you win. And everything. L- listen to our nation. Our college campuses are being turned upside down where people marching around going, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me. The whole discrimination thing, all this other stuff, it's just ridiculous. It's about me winning. Significance is helping others to win. Success leaves a fingerprint on time, while significant leaves a footprint in the hearts and minds of others for all of eternity. Now walk through Ephesians 3 with me and read this as we get come to the end of this this morning. This is power. This is the best definition of a life of significance that I could find in Scripture so far. Paul says, For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, for what? For you. I, Paul, a prisoner to God's will that God in eternity has a plan in time through me. For somebody else. I've made myself a prisoner. To God's eternal plan. To come into time. Through me. 
for you. Wow. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation. We, we did the last few weeks, we did the message on stewardship. The message, uh, the, the definition, that word dispensation there is the same Hebrew word for stewardship. Or Paul said this is a stewardship. Think about it. We think about being a steward. Well, I'm a steward over your money. Well, I'm a good steward. I paid my tithe. What about a steward of the eternal plan of God that's assigned to you? Being, in, be, being a steward of the eternal significance that God ordained for your life. Because if I don't steward that well, I could give my tithe and I could stand on the promise. Well, if I give my tithe, God will bless me and he'll multiply my seed and I'll get a hundredfold return and I'll have more success. We need to grow up. God says, how about if I give you an eternal plan of significance that through you, souls would be redeemed from hell and brought into eternity. Through that plan. Glory to God. Amen. The stewardship, the dispensation of the grace. Watch this. That was what? Which was given to me for who? For you. How that by revelation he made known the mystery as I have already, as, as I have briefly written. By which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by his Spirit to his holy prophet. So God says there's a time, and in this time frame, and that's what messes everybody up. John Muncy, when he comes and he teaches on Bible prophecy, everybody's all trying to figure out the time. The Bible says that in the fullness of time, God has, he set an eternal plan before any of this happened God ordained an eternal plan it has a timeline and in the fullness of specific time Galatians 4 that Christ was made man in the fullness of time Christ came at the right time you want you want to know when everything comes to pass in the fullness of time at its appointed time amen everything happens at its appointed time our part is is that if I'm here this is my appointed time. And this is my time to live significant. This is the only time I have. Now, I can get caught up in all the stuff of being a success in time. Or I can live for significance for all of eternity. And if we will ever, ever allow our minds to be transformed, to be renewed, and be transformed, and we seek significance first, we will never lack any good thing. Isn't it amazing that Paul wrote, if God didn't withhold anything from us, if he gave us his son, Romans 8, and he gave us his son, give, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So everything we're striving for, everything we're looking for is connected to just agreeing with his eternal plan for our life. Glory to God. Amen. Am I helping anybody this morning? I mean, I'm blessing myself, so hallelujah. So watch this. In which other ages was not made known to the sons of men, but now it has been revealed by the Spirit to his holy prophets that the Gentiles should be what? Fellow heirs of the same body and what? Partakers of his promise in Christ 
through the gospel of which I became a ministry. Now watch this. According to the gift of grace given to me by the effective work of his power. Or again, God says God is coming into time. The eternal God is coming into time in this effective work of grace. Is working me. Write this down on the margin of your Bible. God gave this to me this morning. Grace is the provision of eternity invading time to redeem humanity. Grace is the provision of eternity invading time to redeem humanity. Everything you need. Paul says, this is the dispensation given to me. When we break grace down, see, never never start defining grace in just, or, or anything in God in just little terms. Individual terms and words. Grace is this, grace is this, grace is this, grace is this. No, grace is the full provision of eternity invading time with whatever is needed to redeem humanity. Paul says this is a grace given to me. When he wrote to the church at Corinth, he, he said, hey, when you're giving, you, come, you don't come behind in faith. You don't come behind in, in, in gifts. You don't come behind in ministry and serving. Then see when it comes to giving, don't come behind in this grace as well. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, hey, when I'm weak, when I don't think I can do it, that's when the grace of God comes upon me and strength comes into my weakness. And I'm overpowered by grace to be strong in weakness. It's the provision of heaven, eternity, invading time to redeem man. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So watch. To me who am am less than the least of saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles. The what? The what? The unsearchable riches of Christ. So anytime there's a word that said it's beyond knowing, never shrink it. Man, we're, we're so, we're, humanity is so obsessed with fully understanding God. Keep God bigger than the confines of your understanding, our reason and our logic. Let him be big in your life. Amen. The unsearchable riches of Christ to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ. Look at the eternal plan. So from the beginning of the ages, everything we're seeing was over here in the beginning of the age. It was all hidden in God in Christ. And now it's being revealed into time. Woohoo! Glory to God. Watch this. Why? To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to his church. 
might be made known, not to his church, by the church to principalities and powers in the heavenly place. So watch it. God says, I'm creating a wisdom and, and, and the revelation, and now the devil, there's something that's going to be revealed through you as a church that's going to be declared that he didn't know. And it's coming through you. Glory to God. So your influence, what, 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 what you're being obedient and you're living your life of significance and, and, and you're reaching souls for Christ in your time and you're no longer concerned about being a success, you desire to live significant and you're touching a soul. While you're doing that, there's something that's being revealed to principalities and power that they can't see. Are you with me? It's been hidden, but it's being God has chosen through it. God, everything he had to hear, his wisdom, the knowledge, all that is coming in to time through us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now watch. To principalities and powers according to what? The eternal purpose. There it is. Which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you, do not lose heart at my tribulations. What? So Paul said, I'm going through tribulations for you. Everything I'm enduring is connected to living a life of significance with his eternal plan. I'm being persecuted, but what I'm experiencing is for you. And if we ever learn to live, you know, we have that, oh, come on, you need to live large. I'll tell you how to live large. Live significant for God. Live a significant life for God. Every one of us should go, hey, I'm enduring this, and I'm enduring it for you. There's things that we give, we lay down for the needs of others. Young men, young women say, oh, I want to be called of God. You want to be called of God? Then it's a call to a life of significance. It's a call to a life of believing in the eternal purpose and the plan of God. He had you in mind. He knew you would show up here. This is your appointed time, and God has ordained you to it. Hallelujah. So then he says for this which is your glory. My tribulation is for your glory. That means we're living not for success, but for significance in others. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bill, if you can come back, please. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Are you getting that this morning, this great, that this God of eternity is able to come in and strengthen you in your inner man with his strength, not yours? Glory to God. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with what? All the fullness of God. <laughs> Glory to God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in that eternity coming into time, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. How many believe you're a generation? Then there's supposed to be glory to God in the church through our lives of significance in him. See, God has an amazing ability to take the insignificant of this world and infuse them with a portion of himself from eternity into time and thereby transform them. From the ranks of the insignificant to become the ones who make a significant difference in their generation. 
fulfilling his eternal purpose. How does he do it? He comes and works through the Gideons who are hiding in fear. He comes and he works through the Josiahs who are just eight years old and makes them king. He comes and he works through the Ruth who are just a Gentile daughter-in-law, but he brings the seed of the Redeemer through her life. He comes and he works through a shepherd boy to kill a giant and be a king. He comes and he works through a demonic man, a shunned woman, a crude fisherman, a harlot in a walled city. And the list, my friend, is endless. People that the world said is insignificant, of no value, unsuccessful. And God said, they are part of my eternal purpose and plan. And I will come out of eternity and I will do a mighty work in them. And they will shape lives for all of eternity. I will enter time and through them they will shape lives for all of eternity. Why does he do that? For you see your calling, brethren, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty. Not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak of the things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Hallelujah. We see too much of that today. We're trying to get glory. But what if we quit trying to get glory and just choose to live for significance? Hallelujah. So think about it. Again, I have time to go over the rest of this with you. Towards the bottom of your page there, if one man, after one encounter with Christ, changed an entire region from last week, what could you do if you chose to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in a life of significance, would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, right now, it is my prayer, and I know it is your desire, that every person in this room would live a life that agrees with your eternal purpose and plan for their life. I know that it is your perfect will for every person in this room that their life would have significant impact in the lives of others. I believe with all my heart that there's not one person in this room that is not destined to impact eternity through your significance in their life. So, Father, I come against every lie this morning that's tried to diminish their thought of fullness of what you could do through their life. Every trick, every deception, every voice of discouragement that the enemies tried to speak to withhold from them your fullness in their life. Father, I pray a release over them right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father that you're going to move in them mightily. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take this simple lesson this morning and bring clarity and bring understanding that, Father, they would something would be ignited in them to believe, to receive. The infusion of eternity into their space of time. Your grace invading time that they would be a part of redeeming humanity and their lives would be significant. From this moment on, 
Father, I pray that they will never see themselves as anything but significant in you, ordained by you to change lives for all eternity during their space of time. Father, I pray your blessing over them. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Come, reveal, and bring truth to our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.